Nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring today. Robert Half is here to help. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is WSJ Speakeasy, your source for entertainment, pop culture, celebrity, and the arts. Hi, welcome to the Speakeasy podcast. I'm Mike Callia. I'm here with Wyatt Russell and Tyler Hecklin from nice. Everybody Wants Some, the uh, new Richard Linklater movie. It uh, expands to wide release this Friday, April 15th. So the movie is about a snapshot in a couple of days of the life of a college baseball team in 1980. Um, tell us about your characters, Tyler. You go first. Uh, I play Glenn McReynolds. Uh, he is the resident All-American on the team. Uh, I kind of look at him as one of those guys. He's never really had a bad day in his life. <laughs> he's just—he's always been the best player on the team anywhere he's played. Uh, you know, I played with guys like that. You know, even as freshmen, they come in and they're immediately the best guy in the team, um, even if it's an upperclassman team. So uh, he's just kind of riding that wave. You know, today's great. Tomorrow's gonna be better, and um, <laughs> it's just where he's at. So it was—it uh, was—it was fun to you know kind of dip your toes into the water of like someone who was that. Arrogant and confident all the time about everything for no good reason. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, it was a lot of fun. And and why you're you're kind of at the opposite end of the spectrum when it yeah. comes to baseball players. And first off, you're a pitcher, which is very yeah means I'm the weirdo, enemy. right? Right. I'm the enemy. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I yeah I play this uh, play Willoughby, who's sort of the uh, you know philosopher stoner. Um, <laughs> pitcher also it's a, it's a special breed of, of person who's in that, who can be an athlete and a stoner <laughs> um it's sort of I, I, it's sort of like i didn't think about it till afterwards but um it's sort of he's he's like bill lee in his college years if, if you know bill lee is the the red Sox oh, lefty yeah, pitcher yeah, yeah, yeah. who they yep. nicknamed spaceman yep um and uh he's got a badass curveball <laughs> and and uh <laughs> And a lot more, you know, a lot more to say about Carl Sagan than probably the average baseball player. <laughs> College yeah, baseball player. Carl Sagan, Pink Floyd, um, <laughs> yeah. does not care for Van Halen. And the movie is no. Everybody Wants Some. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, okay, so Rick and some of the other guys I've talked to said that you guys hung out together for two weeks, right? Yeah. At Rick's yeah. place, uh, Rick Linklater's place outside of Austin. Can Can you guys explain, like – what the vibe was like out there and, and what a usual day was like. And this was before shooting, of course. Yeah, this was the uh, the rehearsal process. Um, it was, I think for me, it was the coolest part of anything that I've been a part of just because it was kind of like going to camp for a few weeks. So we stayed in a bunkhouse and, uh, you know, leaving sports, and Wyatt and I have talked about this, I think the thing you miss the most is the locker room and the guys and just kind of being surrounded by a group of people who are like very much focused on the same goal from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. And that's what this was for us. We would wake up and have breakfast together. We'd go to dance rehearsal, baseball practice, uh, do a reading of the script. Dance and, rehearsal. Yep. Go back to <laughs> that. Gotta get the dance rehearsal. <laughs> and, uh, and then you know, we'd, we, we would do our, our quote-unquote research, which was playing foosball, ping pong, pool, uh, and all the games that nice we were going to play in the movie. Right. And then we'd do, a sc- we'd do a screening with Rick and do a discussion afterwards and try to take someone away from it and apply it to to our film and uh so yeah it was just it was it was great to kind of be back in that environment of everyone's waking up with the same goal that morning and going through the same day and uh, it was a, a really cool uh mutual respect that i think kind of grew between the guys you're, you're seeing everybody's work process and how much effort they're putting in from the time they wake up to the time they go to bed 
and I think that was just that was really great for like the dynamic of the group. Yeah, one one of the awesome one of the awesome things that that came out of that was when you're doing when you're doing movies with anybody, you don't ever get a rehearsal process like like that. And even if you do get a rehearsal process, you're going home and you're leaving the confines of of like the creative space. And because of Rick's setup that he had like a library that was like this like amazing like like iron stone age hut and then he had like a mud hut and this tower thing that he was building a baseball field it was like it was very structured but but after like the first three or four days we kind of got to do what we wanted in a way until it was time to like sit down and rehearse and that gave everybody like a, a real at ease that i think you need especially in this process to be creative so that you're not feeling like there's no, there's not a, there, there was a real feeling of a bond of trust. So every, like every bad idea was not a bad idea. It was just like the, you know, throwing the worst ideas at the wall and seeing which ones were the best of the worst. You know, it was kind of, that was the way you felt about it. And, 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 uh, it was, I mean, just nothing in my life because in sports, when, when you're actually competing, there's an actual competitive process. There's like a winner and a loser. Yeah. There's there's a bad side to it, and there's a, there's an there's an anxiety that like you just can't explain unless you're doing it. That was gone, and all of the best parts of creating a team were there, and because mm-hmm. you're playing an invisible opponent, right. you know. And so that that was a, what truly I think bonded us in the best way because. None of oh, us were yeah. competing in, in, right. as if we were on a real team. Because if you're on a real team, you're actually competing for spots, you know. Yeah. But this had nothing to do with and that. And there's stress of performance, too. Like, someone's not carrying their weight. Uh, the other guys are going to dog them. Right. So you guys both have experience as athletes, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler, you play baseball. You played hockey. Wyatt, um, take us into your, your experience in previous a- athletics. Uh, how, how did that help you? Um, it it was immensely important. Um, it's been immensely important in my whole career, definitely. It's informed sort of who I am as a person. But for this particular thing, understanding the dynamics of a team are something that's that I don't think that you can just learn in, in your older age. You have to be a part of it. And that can be a part of a, a podcast team. It can be a part of any type of team. There's all types of structures. But for, for athletics in particular – this was there's role there's there's role players on the team so you had to sort of understand your role and be and be satisfied and okay with what your role was and when we got to the ranch i think what made it being on a team important for me going into this process everybody wants it's still a movie right. you still have a career everybody wants <laughs> to like be the you know the 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 big character with all the lines because like right. that's some stupid part of your brain says like that's going to make me better. Or <laughs> and but when you get there, like there was a true sense of team, like a true sense of team that was palpable. And and when I looked at Glenn, I looked at Blake, and I looked at Tyler, and I looked at everybody, it was like wow. The like I I am proud to be a role player and and start to understand my role on this team. Right. Because that's what's going to serve the story. That's what's going to serve the team. And that's what's important to the process. And I think that because of everybody's experience on teams, that that was an inherent thing inside of, 
inside of us and that bonded us very very quickly i don't know you know hundred percent because i mean this was like the first time I, I remember one of our rehearsals where uh rick had asked somebody uh we were doing a read through of a scene and we kind of stopped to talk about it and rick i forget who it was but rick looked at somebody he's like do you think do you think your character would would say that and never have I experienced people doing this so willingly. The guy was like, no, I really don't think it's him, actually. He's like, I feel like I feel like he would say it, though. And he's like, yeah, he would, huh? He's like, yeah, I think it's definitely more his character. He's like, yeah, okay, so we're going to give that line to him then. And he's like, yeah, yeah, because it doesn't make sense that I would say it. Right. And I was like, that is the most, like, selfless, yeah. generous. Like, and same thing, like, I, you're understanding the dynamics of the team and the role that you need to play in that because you, you are only as strong as your weakest link. And that's mm-hmm. just how it works. But with... With sports, like why I was saying, you are in the end competing for a job. So right. sometimes, if the weakest link on the team is the guy who's played the same position as you, you're not that upset about it. Right. It's like it's like okay, yeah. I got a little bit of less stress this yeah, week. Right. Um, whereas like here, it's like you're 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 here, you're rooting for everybody, and um, you know I think we probably spent more time, you know, pitching stuff for the other guy or trying to find something that worked for the other guy. And he really did. I mean, I, I, on this press tour, I kind of like discovered this, that I realized that during the rehearsals, I think more than anything, watching everybody else's characters develop is actually what was most uh, influential and most helpful in finding who McReynolds was for me. Because I kind of you start to see how the team is stacking up. Right. And you go, oh, okay, well, that's, that's where he fits in. That's like for this dynamic to work, that's what this guy is. And now I get it. So I think we, we really kind of found... We found our characters, obviously, but I think we found this team uh, as a group more than anything. Just kind of found how it fit. The other things that happened, I mean, uh, you said dance classes, uh, yeah. uh, disco. and, 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 and uh, Tyler and I were very judicious about it. <laughs> like, being some of the older people. We were, if you watch the movie, you will notice yeah. that both of us do not dance. Okay. And, and, that, and I, think, I think on my part at least it was, but I think on Tyler's also it was like a very, <laughs> it was a was very like, yeah, judicious. He was like, he's like, McReynolds doesn't dance. And I was like. I'm okay with that. I'll, I'll, go, I'll, I'll do it at the rehearsals, but I mean, I'll enjoy watching it from the, from the side. I think when we get there, yeah. And uh, what kind of what kind of movies did did he screen for you um, at um, night? He did. Uh, well, we did. We did. We did. We did Animal House. We did oh. Animal House. Uh, we did Breaking, Breaking Away. Yeah. Oh, Breaking Away. Uh, we did the Doc Ellis documentary No No, which was I was going to bring up Doc no, Ellis no. because that was perfect for, yeah. for yeah. Willoughby. He, he tripped he on acid and pitched acid. what uh, was a, a no hitter. No hitter. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, and I think that was that was great for the fact of kind of just showing so cool. the attitude of like baseball players back then because you kind of you, you think about it and you go like, well the game probably hasn't changed that much but I mean it's more the attitude of it um, but uh, it was just you know the game wasn't quite as polished back then. You know, you didn't have social media, you didn't have endorsements and branding the way you have it today. So right. you could actually do an interview after the game and the guy might say something he's not supposed to and they didn't get suspended for two weeks. Right. Like they do now, which I which is why I don't understand sports media half the time. Um <laughs> but but yeah, so just getting the attitude of the players back then. There's a couple of we, did, we watched the Rick's documentary movie, inning by inning. The Italian movie I Il Sorpasso. What is it? Il Sorpasso. Il Sorpasso. Okay. Yep. That was it, like to get the swagger of it. You know, uh-huh. it was like being in a Richard Linklater film class. Where Which was awesome. it was so cool. He'd, he'd we'd watch a movie, and then afterwards he'd be like, "So, what do you guys think about that?" And halfway through, I'm like, "Oh my god, this is like, 
this is like a film course I'm getting paid to do. Yeah. <laughs> you paid for Richard Linklater to teach me about film. It's the greatest thing in the world. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Tyler Hecklin and Wyatt Russell from Everybody Wants Some. Hi, I'm Paul Vigna. If you do not subscribe to the Money Bee podcast, you are going to feel worse than a short seller on the day of a big rally. Go to iTunes and WSJ.com slash podcasts. You want to sign up for this one. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, back to the show. And we're back to WSJ Speakeasy Podcast with Wyatt Russell and Tyler Hecklin from Everybody Wants Some. Um, so we were talking before about, you know, how it was a Rick Linklater film school almost. like, uh, And you touched on something about the swagger before, and then you touched on something about the old baseball attitudes. And it seems to me that baseball used to kind of be like this – actually, in that time, was like kind of like a confluence of like – Counterculture and like rigid authoritarianism, right? Would that be a fair way to characterize it? Yeah, that's really a good way of characterizing yeah. it. I mean, it, in so if you, Bill Lee is actually an interesting person in baseball history because, as you know, and in hockey, it's in hockey it's still sort of the same way, but in baseball I think it is too. But now because of like there was the Red Sox, remember that the Red Sox like yep. locker room oh, the deal chicken and beer, chicken and yeah. beer thing. Yep, that there's like. Uh, a thing in there's a thing in sports that that's like what happens in the locker room stays in the locker room, and what's interesting about now is that because of social media and because you know this D'Angelo Russell thing that just happened, yeah, oh jeez, yeah. uh, like the locker room now isn't becoming the sacred place that it used to become, and when you talk about authoritarian, that authoritarian nature, that that those people that run the organizations, it's an old boys club. I mean, and and you gotta you yeah. gotta like run the way they want you to run, and the best players, at least in my opinion, they can sort of get away with more. But if you're more of the role player, you kind of gotta play the game. Where like a person like Bill Lee comes in, and he j- he's good, but at the same time, like he's still he's trying to stand up for his teammates. But that's not gonna go above the heads of those guys. And I think what's cool about college, about this time, and representing the time that this movie was in. Was it was a it was a it was a time that where where people started to not just follow the the norm. They didn't just go and and go up the middle. They had to. They wanted to do things differently. They wanted to like you know. And in college was a time where you could do that. Yeah. You, you could you could do things differently. You didn't have to follow exactly what you were gonna what they told you you were gonna do because. You were in college. You weren't necessarily going to play pro, and even if you did, you make what like forty, fifty grand a year. So it wasn't that important. And, and Tyler, you played college baseball, right? I did, yeah. And what, how? Uh, what was the experience like there? Where did you play? Um, I played at uh, Arizona State and yep. UC Irvine. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, like he was saying, you, you, you really kind of the locker room has changed in the fact that I mean, s- social media has changed everything, every environment. But I think. Um, even to the fact of like in the movie, you know, these guys, the two rules are you can't have girls in the house and you can't have booze. <laughs> and within 12 hours, both of those are completely obliterated. <laughs> and it's like, you know, back then, like you could do that. I mean, the, the, if you got caught doing something, it was one, it was just the person who caught you and that was it. Right. Um, whereas like now, like things like this happen and it's like you're gone. I mean, you look at what happened to Michael Phelps. I mean, Jesus, it was one picture, and it changed the guy's entire life with that. So, I mean, right. things like that happen now to where the, the landscape has changed just because you do have to be more polished. I mean, you look at, like I said, with sports media, like Derek Jeter, like guy who did interviews for 20 years and said the exact same thing right. every single time. Right. And it's, you have to. It's like it's different. Back then you could, you could be a little bit more off the cuff, and you could kind of just speak your mind a little bit more. 
and the you know the repercussions weren't quite as severe as I think they are today. Um, but I mean, it's still it's still fun. But even like I went into college like right around the time when Facebook and everything was kind of coming around, and it was that thing of like, oh wow, like you lose your scholarship now if someone <laughs> takes a picture of you with a red cup, right? <laughs> like, yeah, it's like that kind of totally. thing. So it's definitely it's definitely changed a lot. Now you guys are both on the right side of thirty, meaning. Younger than thirty, right? Yeah, right. Barely hanging on. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you, you guys have been in one way or in uh, another involved in showbiz for years now, like decades at yeah. this point. Uh, yeah. How, like, based on what you went through, what you saw, what you experienced when you were younger, compared to what you're seeing like child stars go through now, what's changed about the industry? Uh, the attention, the attention, yeah. and the the media and the criticism. It's just. It's it's overwhelming and outrageous and ridiculous. I mean, it's just it's it's too much. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just too much to. I mean, I, I look at. I mean, as an example, he's like Justin Bieber. But I mean, like, right. literally, no one in the world knows what that guy went through when it comes to being like one of the most famous people right. in the world at sixteen, seventeen years old. And it's not even that people are aware of you. I mean, you look like Michael Jackson back in the day. Like everyone knew who he was, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like twenty million people having a discussion on a on a discussion board. About right. what he wore to go get groceries that day. Right. You know what I mean? It's like the three or four people that maybe spotted him. That himself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's all over the place. And so I mean, it's 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 crazy now. The amount of attention and the amount of just discussion and criticism over every little thing that happens. It's just uh, it's insane. It's insane. And and, and it, I mean, it, it cuts both ways. I think like it's amazing for certain in certain aspects. But you have to. I think for especially for kids. I mean, kids who are younger. The the la- if there's a lack of guidance that you can you can seriously be taken off track. Oh but if God, there yeah. is guidance, then there's ways of doing it. There's so many different avenues now of doing it that like your choices are much greater. Right. You don't have to do it one one way or even a couple ways. There's uh, there's thousands of ways to do it and to get your message across. And if you're going and doing positive things, it can be fantastic. Um, like for me personally. I choose not to do social media just because of the nature of my life. That's my personal choice. I think social media is an awesome thing. For me, it, it, it's not exactly how I want to do it. But for somebody that, that's really good at doing it and that's part of how they'd like to you know, curate themselves and curate a brand or whatever, right. it's awesome. It's an awesome way of doing it. And do you if, feel if, like that hurts you by, by staying away from that stuff? Um, I, probably, probably, <laughs> probably, probably monetarily wise, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there are times when it's like you know, if I'm up for a part and another person's up for a part, that like I don't have a social media presence and there's not a way of doing it. My my thing is it's it's a little it's a little you know I just have a different view of it, personal view, which is um, the thing that I think is gonna that gives me self worth. It always gave me self worth as a hockey player. Mm-hmm. It's just who I am as a person. I liked putting on a helmet. I was a goalie. I liked my numbers reading for themselves. It was if you have a goals against average that's good and a save percentage that's good, you're going to move up to the next level. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not good at self promotion in any mm-hmm. way. It doesn't make me feel good about myself. This is just personally not putting it down in any way, shape, or form. And and when someone comes up to me and say, "I like your work," I know that they have sought me out in a way that that, that I've touched whatever part of their life that they've come up to me and say, I really like your work. And there's no social media presence or me trying to go out and get them. Right. Um, and that's just personal. 
you know, and and I think it allows me to maintain a modicum of of privacy. I have I have an aversion growing up with it. I have an aversion of being in the limelight. It's scary. I can you know I can remember being very young and and have it, it was a scary experience having oh, people really? you know coming up and and going to your parents and being like yeah Carrie Fisher said similar things that she was almost trampled yeah it's, <laughs> like, it's it's weird you know yeah. it can be it can be scary yeah and uh, and so it's just the, I think again it's it's the way that I just have chosen I think to live my life it also for the kind of actor that I am I believe that I am or I like to think that I am <laughs> that like. Uh, melding into a role can be difficult if you see me cooking eggs and making jokes <laughs> in my kitchen and I now I want to be go be a serial killer. Yeah. It's, it's it's difficult. Now you're overcoming some part of of somebody's psyche that says, "Well, yeah, but I saw you cooking eggs and, you know, you're a nice guy." So, I don't know. I I I prefer prefer to keep it that way. Um, it could sh- totally change. I have no idea. But for now, I think that's you know my. Per- I don't know how I got onto that, but yeah. that's fine. No, I'm with I'm with you. I, I I totally agree. I think that's why I've been doing the same pose and all those jumping photos. And I'm just going <laughs> to let them see one. I'm going to let them see one, and then that's it. That is it, and then I can go and do other roles and hopefully not <laughs> take myself out of any. <laughs> so, um, one more question for both of you. Um, What's the uh, this is something I like to ask people in general? What's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? I mean, I'll just say the one that came to my head first. Um, that, gotten plenty. That counts. That counts. Gotten plenty. Um, but I think as an as an actor, or just like in life, in, in general. general. In general, oh god. Well, in general, just be persistent. I think you know, stay committed to what you want to do, and uh, don't give up on it. That's definitely something I learned from from family, from coaches, from baseball, from acting. Uh, you get a lot more no's and a lot more bad results in both of them. Uh, but then to that same effect, uh, not to be result oriented, hmm. um, you know, especially in acting. I think that's probably the best thing I got. The best realization I ever had uh, was going in for the first audition where I had that finally click. And I was like, oh, I actually don't care what they want to see. Right. Right. <laughs> I was like, right. I was like, I read this. It hit me in a certain way. I actually don't even know if that's right. It's probably really wrong. That's kind of how it hit me. So that's what I'm going to do. But it's authentic. Yeah. And also just because like I started to realize, I'm like, actually, that would be a miserable thing to get a job that you went in for and thought like, well, this is I think this is what they want to see. So that's what I'm going to do. And then you get it. And then you spend the next three months on set going, what do they want to see today? What do they want to see today? And every day you wake up, you're not committing to your idea of it, your interpretation of it. So you're going to spend three months trying to do what someone else wants and never knowing if it's what you actually really think or what you think is good. So it's just kind of that realization of like, oh, I'm just going to commit to my point of view and my voice. And if it works and that's what they want, then great. This will be a great experience and we'll have a lot of fun with it. Um, But yeah, not being result oriented and just committing to something that you're passionate about or a feeling that you have and going with that. I think that's probably probably the best. It definitely helps with your sanity. Yeah. How about you? What? Um, I would say know what you don't know. And Great one. Sounds like Willoughby. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, how? <laughs> Explain uh, that. I think that, like, I think especially today mm-hmm. um, in, in a world where everybody needs to get out in front of something and let everybody know that I'm smart, <laughs> let everybody know that I'm capable, let everybody know that I have an answer, mm. that it's okay to not know. It's okay to say – you know what? Um, I don't know the answer to that. Let me look it up, and I'll come back to you. That's an important 
part of being a human being mm. that people can sometimes get like lose themselves in trying to like get to the top right. or or get you know it's and it's part of our culture too is like i need to i need to put on the appearance that i un, that i know right. so that like you'll entru- you'll trust me and part of that's kind of scary because it's like well how many people am i trusting that like truly don't know what they don't who, who truly who truly don't know what they don't know right <laughs> that's a scary thing it's or at like least conscious of it. Uh, yeah, or conscious of it. When, when you know what you don't know, like I'm in good hands with that person because they're honest, they're truthful, and and that that's something that I like to live my life by. And you catch yourself doing it all the time, where I, I do it, where I'm like, oh yeah, no, 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 and then I think on it, and I'm like, I don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> I just totally BS my way through that. Why did I do that? Oh. And and then and, and it's a good way of like catching. You're trying to catch yourself. You know, we do it all the time. It's uh, part yeah. of being a human being. I do it when someone says like, oh yeah, that movie uh, such and such. Did you see that one? And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. And I go, I haven't seen that movie. Why did right. I say that? Totally. Like, like why didn't I just like, say oh, yeah, like, oh, actually, really... no, I haven't caught that one. What was it? Yeah, right. So easy. Totally. And then I actually would have been educated. And it's on so it. much better to, to ask about it. Yeah. It's always good to ask, right? And and somebody else might have more information than you. Right. Like surprise. So yeah. th- that one and then also um something that I've really lived by my goalie coach it's like been drowned dr- drained into me, droned into me, is uh it's not how you play when things are going good, it's how you play when things are going bad. Yeah. Mm. And and it's really like you know when you're when you're down and out, how, like that's the true test of a, of a, of a character. Mm-hmm. I really think when you've done something that's gone south, how are you going to bring your how are you going to pick yourself back up, and what's it going to look like then? Right. Um, so yeah, those are those are I guess the two pieces of advice that have stuck with me my whole life. All right, well, well, thank you so much, Wyatt Russell and Tyler Hecklin, starring in Everybody Wants Some, the new Richard Linklater ensemble comedy a quote-unquote spiritual sequel to Dazed and Confused. <laughs> I know you guys are probably tired of hearing that already. <laughs> no I avoided way. that oh. phrase. I avoided that phrase. It but, is a, but, but it, a it, tag to have. It fits. Yeah. It does. Uh, so expanding wide uh, theaters across the country this Friday. Thank you so much for coming to the WSJ Speakeasy podcast. Thank Thanks for so having much. us, man. Thank you very much. Um, this message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.